When trouble flares up, is your faith in danger of fizzling out? If you've wrestled with this, you're in good company, along with the Apostle Paul. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah shares some encouraging words from Paul's letter to the church in Rome, written to help those grappling with the issue. Here's David to introduce today's message, Courage When Faith Deserts You. You know, I'm sitting here uh, in the studio thinking about the privilege I've had over all these years to talk to so many of you uh, every day. Almost every day I meet somebody who says, I, I listen to Turning Point every day. And uh, the privilege has been mine, really, to open the Scripture and know that I'm not telling you what I think. I'm telling you what God says, and I know what an impact that can make in your life. The stories are are uh, just so many, I wouldn't even know where to begin telling you the stories that have happened because of the infusion of the Word of God into the hearts of people. You're listening today, and I want to thank you for doing that. I know that getting the Word of God into your heart every day is really important, along with your own personal Bible study and prayer. To hear someone teach the Word of God is really important and can be a real lifesaver during these uh, treacherous days. And so that's what we're going to do today. I'm going to talk to you about courage when faith deserts you. And we'll be looking at Romans chapter 8. During the month of February, our special resource uh, for the month is the book by Robert Morgan called The Jordan River Rules. Forty years after the Red Sea experience, God divided the swollen waters of the Jordan River, led his people into the promised land that he had prepared for them. Welcome to the book, The Jordan River Rules. What God wants you to learn from this story, and it's in this beautiful hardback gift-sized book, and we want to send it to you for your gift of any size to Turning Point during the month of February. February is a short month, but it's a month we need your help, just like every other month. And when you send your gift of any size, be sure to ask for your copy of the book by Robert Morgan, The Jordan River Rules. Well, let's get back to this second major lesson in the series, Courage When Faith Deserts You. I remember years ago, I saw a pastor back in the Midwest who preached a series of messages, and the title of the series was, Passages that pump me up. (laughs) Well, I guess maybe this is sort of like that. These are passages that pump me up, that help me to understand some tremendous truth from the Word of God. And there is no portion of the Word of God that I'm aware of that is more precious and more profound at the same time than the eighth chapter of the book of Romans. And I want you to turn there with me, if you will. And I want to talk with you today about courage when your faith deserts you. And I'm going to read, and I'd like you to follow along, beginning at the 35th verse of the 8th chapter of the book of Romans. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. If you underline in your Bible, I'd like for you to look in the 35th verse and underline the love of Christ. And in the 37th verse, underline him who loved us. 
And in the 39th verse, the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. James grew up in a Christian home. He had gone to church for as far back as he could remember. He had never doubted God. Frankly, he never had any reason to doubt God. Some would probably say that he lived a charm life. Just about everything that he tried seemed to work. And when he was asked about it, he would usually say, I'm just a blessed man. I'm just a blessed man. But one Friday afternoon, he was called into his boss's office and told that his territory was going to be absorbed into an adjacent territory. And they were bringing in someone new to manage the entire expanded area. In other words, he was being fired. A victim of corporate downsizing. James and his wife, Kathy, had just finished a new home. They had worked on it for almost three years. They were moving in three weeks. Both of their daughters were in a private Christian school. They did not have much of a fallback plan as far as savings was concerned. A spirit of desperation began to clutch at James' heart as he drove through the traffic on his way home to tell Kathy what had happened that afternoon. And over the days and weeks that followed, James and Kathy began to argue. Tensions mounted as no new job opportunity seemed on the horizon. James stopped praying. And if he did pray at all, it was with angry words to a God who had allowed this to happen to him and his family. Where in the world was God anyway? What do you do when your faith deserts you? Where do you go when you sense that it's slipping away? How do you process being disappointed in God? I want to take you to this passage of scripture today where the apostle Paul is processing those very thoughts. Where he asks the question, who or what can separate us from the love of God? In one of the most powerful sections of the Bible, Paul tells us how to find courage when we feel God has forgotten us. And I hope that the Spirit of God will drill these truths into all of our hearts. We may not need them today, but we will need them someday. We may not need them now, but we may need them in the future. And oh, is it good to know where that truth is in God's Word when the need comes. Paul reminds us at the beginning of this section of scripture that we take courage from the strength of God's love. Read with me again verses 35 and 36. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword as it is written? For your sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Now, when Paul speaks about the love of Christ, he's not speaking about his love for Christ. He's speaking about Christ's love for him. We have learned that we can only love God because he first loved us. Remember that truth? Our love for God is fickle. His love for us is faithful. Paul reaches back now in this passage in the book of Romans over his own life. And out of his own personal experience, he gives testimony to the power of God's love to overcome doubt and discouragement. He thinks of all the circumstances that he has gone through in his own walk with God. 
and all of the things that might possibly have separated him from the love of God. And he lists in this passage of scripture seven things that he has come to know personally that will never separate you from the love of God in your life. Let's walk through them quickly. God's love is stronger than the pressures that you face. The first word that he uses is the word tribulation. The word for tribulation in the text from the Greek language is a word which is found some 37 times in the New Testament and it talks about the direct kinds of troubles that can affect a believer in Jesus Christ. The word actually means to be squeezed like in a vice, to be put under pressure. And Paul makes this affirmative statement. None of the pressures you will ever face in your life will ever separate you from God's love for you. Secondly, he says that God's love is stronger than pain. And the word in the text is the word distress. It's a compound word made up of two words which mean a narrow space that squeezes and hurts and causes pain. It conveys the idea of being hopelessly in trouble and feeling the pain and distress of it. And Paul says, there's no pain you'll ever feel, no distress you will ever experience that can ever make God stop loving you or separate you from his love. You may not feel his love, but take it from one who has been there and done it. Paul says it will not separate you from the love of God. God's love, thirdly, is stronger than persecution. Notice the word is right there in the text. This word persecution is found 10 times in the New Testament and it means to be pursued. And from that word, the word persecution has come. It means for people to be chasing you down after you, causing you grief because of your faith. Jesus said in Matthew chapter five, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The Bible says if you live God in Christ Jesus, you'll face persecution. But what Paul wants you all to know is this. No matter what kind of persecution you might be facing at work or wherever you are, none of that can ever separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. In fact, persecution draws you closer, doesn't it? Persecution makes you realize how vital your faith is. So notice the list that is growing. It is not possible for you to be separated from the love of God because his love is so strong that it will hold you to himself no matter what you may be going through. Keep looking at the passage of scripture. God's love is stronger than privation. He uses the word famine. This word is found 12 times in the New Testament, and usually it's the result of persecution. And the Bible says that even when you don't have enough to eat, even when you're hungry, even when you can't put enough food on the table, God is still there and he still loves you, and that is not going to separate you from his love. He goes on to say that God's love is stronger than poverty. He uses the word nakedness here. This is not a reference to nudity. It's a reference in the New Testament language to not having enough money to buy clothing. Paul himself spoke of this in one passage of scripture in 1 Corinthians 4.11. He said, to the present hour, we both hunger and thirst and we are poorly clothed and beaten and harmless. You may be here today and you found enough money for the last meal that you ate and you pulled out the clothes that you've been wearing for a long time and 
you were sort of embarrassed to put them on to come to church and you think, well, that means God doesn't love me. Oh, no, it doesn't. Paul says that that doesn't have anything to do with God's love. He loves you and nothing can separate you from his love. His love is so strong that he holds you to himself in the midst of all of these experiences. God's love is stronger than peril. That's what it says in the scripture. What perils are going to separate you from God? Do you know that if anybody was an expert in peril, it was Paul. Paul and peril go together. Wherever Paul went, he ended up in jail. You could almost always find Paul if you were looking for him. If you went to the city where he was supposed to be, just go to the local jailhouse. He's there. Us. He got thrown in there the first night he showed up for preaching the gospel. It was just his pattern and it never seemed to change. In one passage in the book of 2 Corinthians, Paul uses the word peril eight times in one verse. He's talking about himself. 2 Corinthians eleven twenty six, In journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. You get the impression that Paul was in peril. He knew what it was like to live constantly in danger. The word peril means to be constantly in harm's way. It is a reference to danger, treachery, and mistreatment in general. It is what Paul meant in his earlier letter to the Corinthians when he wrote these words, 1 Corinthians 15, 30. Why do we stand in jeopardy every hour? And I want to say to you, by the authority of the word of God, echoing the words of Paul, Even in a situation like that, God's love has not forgotten you and you are not separated from the love of God. Paul is systematically going through every experience that he has had and that he imagines we might have that could cause us to think that God has forgotten us and he is saying none of these things will ever separate you from God. He uses the word sword. It's an interesting word, and it reminds us that God's love is stronger than prison. The word sword here is a word for the short sword that was used to execute the assassin's execution sword. It is not the long sword used in battle. It's the execution sword. And Paul says even when you're at the end in desperation and the death threat has been made and it's about ready to be carried out, you are not separated from the love of God. Now, what I'd like you to do today is take the thing that's happened in your life that you think has made God forget you and see if you can fit it in this list, whatever it is. Let me tell you something that's interesting. By the time Paul wrote this to the Romans, he had already experienced the first six things on this list, and he was about to experience the seventh in just a few days. And on the authority of his personal relationship with God and his confidence in the word of God, he writes to us at the end of this great chapter with this rhetorical question, who can separate you from the love of God? And then he says, oh, nothing can do that because God's love is so strong. It will hold on to you in the midst of all of the situations of your life. You may not be aware of it, but it's true. God loves you. And he loves you whether you feel it or not, whether you accept it or not, whatever the experience you may be feeling. God's love is greater than that. It will overcome that. And we're going to see that in the next passage now. Because not only do we find courage through the strength of God's love, we find courage as we discover the success of God's love. Notice what happens in this next passage of scripture. 
In this passage of scripture, we learn that God's love is not just average love. Verse 37 says this, Yea, and in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Now let's think about that for a moment. We are more than conquerors. What in the world does that mean? Well, if you were to look this up in the Greek New Testament, you would see that the phrase more than conquerors is actually the translation of just one Greek word. And that word is pronounced hypernikomen. The middle part of the word is nakao, and it means to overcome. And it comes from the word Nike. Nike was the name given to the goddess of victory in ancient Greece. And those of us who live in the world of sports immediately understand the word Nike. We wear Nikes. We have Nikes. We have Nike clothing and Nike shoes. Did you know that the word Nike means victory? And it comes from the goddess of victory in the Greek games. And when Paul puts the word hyper in front of it, he is saying we are more than victorious. We are hyper victorious. What a great term. So when you put the two words together, you get the meaning that this is over and above victory. Now watch what he's saying. God's love is strong. It cannot be overcome by all of the things we've discussed. But it's more than strong. It's successful. And please note, Paul is not talking about something that will happen, but something that is happening. He is saying that in the midst of all of these things we experience as the people of God, while all of this stuff that he's already listed is going on, in the midst of it all, we are still more than conquerors. We are victorious in the midst of the difficulty. I picked up a book when I was traveling recently that was in one of those little kiosks in the bookstores in the airport. It was by my friend Warren Wearsby. And I always have loved Warren Wearsby. He's a quaint writer. He's written so many wonderful helps for believers. And the title of the book is, The Bumps Are What You Climb On. That was the title of the book. Now, I mean, you've got to read a book like that. What in the world does that mean? And he tells a story at the beginning of this book about these kids who were climbing. And this one had never climbed before. And it was a pretty tough climb. And it seemed like there were, it wasn't flat. It wasn't easy. It was a lot of rocks and all of that. He was complaining about how hard it was to get up to the top. And his friends said, oh, you don't understand. The bumps are what you climb on. And Warren Wiersbe wrote this book about the fact that for believers, when we have trouble and when we are filled with peril and danger and all of that, those are the bumps we climb on. We step up on those things as believers and we don't let them destroy us. We become victors in the midst of it all. Trouble comes and we show the glory of God in the midst of the trouble. Over and over again, this is the truth. Martin Lloyd-Jones is a wonderful writer and student of the word of God says, we are not simply enabled by his love to hold on and not to fall away and not to falter. Neither is it the case that we just manage to obtain a victory. We are more than conquerors. It's a very strong expression. The Christian is not a man who manages somehow or another just to obtain an entrance into heaven. He is more than a conqueror. He not merely stands up to these trials. He demolishes them. He is able to overcome them completely. He doesn't just conquer them. He more than conquers them. And let us not forget that death is included. Everything that can possibly come against us is included. We are more than conquerors. Why? Well, look down and see what it says. 
Yet in these things, we are more than conquerors because we are courageous, because we've got it all together, because we know what. No, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. The power of God's love is that which gives us the ability to walk through the things that might make us feel like our faith has deserted us. And in the midst of it, we look up and we remember what God has said and our strength returns. And in those troubles, we become a testimony to all of the watching world who don't understand how you can go through what you're going through. And you have to tell them it's because of the Lord. Well, what does that mean? Well, I don't know how to explain it except my God loves me and my Lord loves me and he's in the midst of all of this and he strengthens me and he helps me through this. That's one of the reasons why God trusts us with trouble, why he trusts us with difficulty. Because when everything's going right like it was for James and Kathy at the beginning of their marriage, how does God get glory from that? Oh, that's the health and wealth gospel personified. But how many of you know the health and wealth gospel isn't the gospel of God's word? The gospel of God's word includes trouble and difficulty and suffering and all of those things that Paul listed in the beginning of this passage. What you see, the glory of it all, men and women, is that in the midst of all of that, you and I become victorious. We climb on the bumps and we go up because of the success of God's love for us. He loves us so much that he enables us in the midst of our difficulty. It's very interesting that in this passage of scripture, Paul speaks of us as sheep. If you go back to the Psalm 44, 22 quote in verse 37, he tells us that we are sheep. He says, for this sake, we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. And then in the next verse, he tells us that we have become conquerors. Now I gotta tell you something, there's a disconnect between a conquering sheep. Have you ever thought about that? If you wanna know the reason why I'm convinced of that, We have the Rams in the NFL, but we have never had the sheep. You know, we have never had the sheep in the NFL. Now, we have had some teams that could have easily been called the sheep, and it wouldn't have been a disconnect at all, and I won't go there. But Paul says we're conquering sheep. This, of course, is figurative language, but the image is not meaningless. It is not ludicrous. In contrast to the world and its power, Christians are indeed weak and despised. They are helpless as a flock of sheep, but they are in fact conquerors because they have been loved by the Lord Jesus Christ and they have been made conquerors through him. It's always so interesting for me to think of that phrase, conquering sheep. Uh, Visually, that doesn't work, but the Bible teaches that's true. We're sheep and we're conquerors conquering sheep. Um, Somebody said the other day when we were talking about this, you've never heard any pro team call themselves the sheep. (laughs) And there's a reason for that. But uh, God doesn't have to live under those rules. And he's given us this metaphor, which is really, really great. And, And it pictures really our dependence upon the shepherd, our weakness and his strength and and his compassion for us. Uh, We'll have part two of Courage When Faith Deserts You tomorrow when we turn again to Romans chapter 8. Don't forget that um, during the month of February, our gift to you when you help us financially is a beautiful gift book called The Jordan River Rules. This book is a Robert J. Morgan production. It is a beautiful presentation of the truth of that Old Testament story, 112 pages, fully footnoted, 
you just were going to really be blessed by this book. And I hope you'll take time to sit down and send a gift to Turning Point today. And when you do so, ask for your copy of the book. You have to ask for it. You have to say, please send me the Jordan River Rules. We have them in a warehouse. They're ready to go out as soon as we hear from you. And we need your help. So when you send your gift of any size, please ask for your copy of this beautiful book by my friend, Robert Morgan. Also, there's a study guide for this series. I hope you'll take advantage of that. That's something you have to purchase. You can get it from uh, davidjeremiah.org. You will see it laid out there so you'll know what to do. So if you go to that website, you can find the study guide and the CD package and be ready to study this on your own or lead your own Bible study uh, from this series of teachings. See you tomorrow. Have a great day. For more information on Dr. Jeremiah's series, Courage to Conquer, please visit our website where you'll also find two free ways to help you stay connected, our monthly magazine turning points and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. Or call us at 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of Robert J. Morgan's book, The Jordan River Rules, 10 God-Given Strategies for Moving Forward. Learn how God uses crisis to prepare you for stronger days ahead. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in the English Standard, New International, and New King James versions with notes and articles from Dr. Jeremiah's decades of study. Get the details when you visit our website at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the series, Courage to Conquer, here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. If you've been blessed by the ministry of Dr. David Jeremiah and Turning Point, we would love to offer you two free ways to stay connected. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash magazine for a subscription to our monthly Turning Points magazine. Each exclusive issue is filled with encouraging articles and daily devotionals to strengthen your spiritual walk. You can also sign up to receive our daily email devotional and be a part of our community of friends who receive daily encouragement delivered straight to their inbox from Dr. Jeremiah. Written in a thought-provoking manner, this concise yet profound daily devotional delivers the refreshment and focus you need as you go about in today's world. You can join the more than 600,000 monthly subscribers who are building their faith each month through these free resources. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca. That's davidjeremiah.ca. If you're ready to move towards the promises God has given you this year, then you'll love The Jordan River Rules, written by Robert Morgan. You'll learn 10 God-given strategies for moving forward, including how to encircle obstacles with biblical faith. This encouraging hardcover is yours with a gift of any amount to Turning Point this month. And when you give $70 or more, you'll also receive the Courage to Conquer set, featuring Dr. Jeremiah's teaching series, companion study guide, and bookmark. Request yours at davidjeremiah.ca. Herbert H. Dow, founder of the famous Dow Chemical Company, once said, Don't ever promote a man who hasn't made some big mistakes. You'll be promoting a man who hasn't done much. Mr. Dow didn't mean we should purposely go out and fail. But if we live boldly and take risks, failure will find us soon enough. When Peter stepped out of the boat on the Sea of Galilee to walk to Jesus, he sank before he reached his goal. But Jesus was there to lift him up. 
and He will do the same for us if we will just step out of the boat. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's ways to succeed on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com and get your roadmap for life. That's Route66life.com. Route 66, start your journey home today.